0: Hello, Steady On Friends, and welcome to the podcast. This is episode 95, and I'm delighted to share with you a special fiction-focused conversation with my best friends and reading buddies, Lisa Wood and Maria Jessup, along with award-winning Christian romance author, Julie Lessman. Julie has been writing romance in the Christian genre for over a decade, but the journey to be comfortable in her lane has not been a smooth one. Julie's writing doesn't shy away from passion, and she's taken her share of criticism over that. But she is committed to writing this way because the message she wants to communicate is that passion is a gift from god but we will miss much of that gift if we do not make decisions in our passion that align with his guidance and instructions one of the verses that julie mentioned during our conversation is psalm 139:23, which says search me god and know my heart test me and know my anxious thoughts i think there are two reasons to pray this verse First, we need to recognize where we are outside of God's will and repent. And second, we need to trust that God will reveal to us when we are outside His will and when we are not. Sometimes we're not, even if others say that we are. Following God when others are critical is tough. Believe me, I know that well. Which may be why I was drawn to Julie and her story. I believe Julie's message of purity is a much needed one today. And I'm glad she shares the message, acknowledging the decision for sexual purity doesn't mean there's no desire, but it does mean our deepest desire is to be right with God. I think you'll love this chat with Julie. Lisa, Maria, and I had read her debut novel, A Passion Most Pure, in preparation for our time together, and we do talk about the book, but we cover a lot of other ground too. Let's listen in. Good evening, Steady On community, and welcome to our quarterly virtual book club. We are so excited that you are here. I'm Angie Bauman, and my two fiction reading besties are with me tonight. (laughs) Lisa and Maria, ladies, thank you for always doing this with me. I love you, and I love reading with you, so thanks for being here. And you're supposed to say you're welcome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're it's, welcome. It's, it's, our it's our pleasure. It's our pleasure. <laughs> oh my gosh. We are both no. And we are so excited <laughs> to be here with Julie Lessman. Julie, who is an award winning inspirational romance author. And we are going to unpack a little bit, Julie's uh, what number book was this in your writing, Julie? That was my debut novel. Okay, all right. I thought that was right, and then I questioned myself. So her debut novel, "A Passion Most Pure," and we all have it here, and Lisa has. This is the yeah. Maria always has hers on her electronic device. She's and, ready too. I know. Look at her. She's ready. She I is ready cute. to oh, go. I kind of yeah. gal. I know. I know. She's our star student. Every. every pl- Every class has to have one. Okay, so Lynn, (laughs) we already have a viewer, Lynn. Um, It's so nice to see you tonight. We're so glad that you are here to talk to Julie and- At Lynn Gerstein. It is, yes. Lynn yes. I love you to pieces. Send oh it. yeah. Yes, yeah. so Lynn if you have questions for Julie do not hesitate cuz we you know she she'd have to be really rude and just sign out and you know in order to leave us so she <laughs> But um, and Ramona is here good to see you Ramona from girlfriends talking so this is so great. So yeah, we're so excited to talk to you about this and I will say that I have read the books like Incorrectly, Julie has this series. So Passion Most Pure starts really a series of six, but it's two series of three. And you just correct me, Julie, when I get it wrong. But I, years ago, there was like a free download of number four, which is yeah. like number one in the second series. And yeah. so I actually started with number four. And when I read four, A Hope Undaunted, do I have the title right? I don't have that in front. Yes. I thought this is one of the best Christian romance books I have ever read. And I continue to think about that series of books, and it's been several years ago, I, like probably, I'm going to guess like maybe eight or nine years ago, like that I first read that one, that that time frame might be right. And um, I still think about those characters and a couple of scenes in particular where the Lord really just got a hold of my heart and and taught me something through your writing. And so we're just so delighted to have you here and we want to we want to talk about your book a passion most pure but we also want to talk about kind of some of the things behind the book so yeah
1: (laughs) Yeah, I got a lot
0: (laughs) (laughs) so but let's start with this idea of you writing your tagline is passion with a purpose and I want to hear about that a little bit you and I have had a chance to talk about it just a little bit ahead of time and I'm just really appreciative of sort of the way that you approach writing in a Christian romance genre, which not all Christian romances are the same, right? We understand that. But what is your sort of philosophy or mission as you write Christian romance? Oh, my gosh.
1: (laughs) Well, um, when I, I never read Romy. I mean, I read Catherine Marshall Christie way back when I was a young gal. And then I I just, as a Christian, I I just read the Bible and nonfiction books. But then as I got older, I started reading romance and like Nora Roberts and stuff like that. And I just went, this just doesn't do it for me. I need God in the middle. Mm -hmm. So I went to the Christian market, and the first book that I read had a kiss on the last page in front of seven people when he asked her to marry him. And I went, this is not people, young women today are not going to relate to this. I mean, because this is not how it is today. And somebody's got to tell them that God's precepts work because mm-hmm. I know I'm 71 and it, I have, they work for me since I've been 23 when I came to the Lord and they have changed, revolutionized my life. Yeah. And the book, it's the books, every lesson in there is something I learned in my marriage. Absolutely. Almost everything. I'm telling you the truth on that. Um, And and so I thought, you know, there's something wrong here. I mean, I'm a passionate woman. You know, I I, I call myself a CDQ, which is a caffeinated drama queen because... (laughs) Honestly, I do. I used to pipe guest initials in their twice baked potatoes. I'm like so over the top. I can't even tell you. And I'm really glad I am because I put all that drama and angst into my books instead of my marriage, you know, which is (laughs) awesome. My husband appreciates it. But, um, you know, I just thought this is not this is not reaching me. And so I decided to, to write my own. And I actually started writing Passion Most Pure when I was 12 after reading Gone with the Wind. I wrote 300 pages. Of this this basic novel, okay, and then I just put it away because I, I people looked down on romance back then. So I did as I was a businesswoman. I didn't want people to think you know I was a romance reader. So, But when I was in my 50s, I remember I was in a a beauty shop reading a 2001, I think it was a Newsweek cover article about Christian music, books and movies were on the threshold of exploding. That was right before Mel Gibson came out with Passion of the Christ. Remember that? And he rocked Hollywood back on their heels. Remember that? Mm -hmm. That was the beginning. I'm sitting there reading this and something in my spirit said, now's the time to finish your book. And I went, One I wrote when I was 13, you know, but I did, I sat down a month later and I wrote it and um, it, that's how it started for me. You know, it was, it was, I feel like it was God really directing me.
0: So I have a follow up question, but before that, I want to tell you that um, Lynn says uh, she has a question that I'm going to get to in just a second. I'm going to get to your question, Lynn, in just a minute. Uh, Ramona says you look amazing at 71, and also maybe she sh- she says <laughs> Ramona, maybe she should write a book. <laughs> <laughs> but here's here's a follow up question I want to ask you before I get to Lynn's question, and that is: so you you talked about how this won't you don't this won't speak to young women today because but, but that God's precepts work. That's what you were saying, right? Oh, that God, that's right. Yeah. And so what are what is the message that you're trying to communicate that are that's about god's precepts what are you hoping that young people will pick up from reading the sexual tension and the decision-making process around that. What's your message?
1: Okay, well, it's pretty much the message of a passion most pure, which was Deuteronomy 30. It just amazed me that God says, you know, I set before you today, life and death, blessing and curse. If you choose life, I'm gonna, you know, bless you here, 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 here. If you don't, you're gonna encounter all this, this curses, you know, Yeah. and the, the thing that got to me was you go on down after reading that and it's like, he's begging us. He goes, you know, I lay before you life and death choose life. It's like he's sitting there and begging you, getting on his knees and begging you to choose and and why? Because he wants to bless us. Yeah. That's it. It's not because he wants to push us around. It's not because he wants to be God and lord it over us. He wants to bless us and protect us. And that's the only way to do it. I was 23 when I came to the Lord. And um I I I just was on fire for him, and so I would go out with guys. You know, they were they were Christian guys. I, they said they were Christian, and I would um, say, well, you know, you got to know I'm a Christian. I, there's going to be no funny business. You know, we can kiss, but I'm sorry, you know, nothing else. Well, we they take me out, and it seems like they never asked me out past four dates, and that was fine with me because I see God's precepts as an insurance policy. They keep the wrong guys away because they'll mm. leave they'll leave. And, um, but this one guy I really liked and I said, um, I said, I called him up and I normally didn't do that. I said, I I just got to know, you know, we had a great time together. I like you. I thought you liked me. He goes, Julie, I really liked you. He says, we had a great time. He says, but the bottom line is he goes, I can find a girl I like and have fun with and get sex too. And I thought, okay, you know, but that's, that's my point. I mean, it protects you. God's precepts protect you. Okay. They also bless you because when I met my husband, um, I told him the same thing so much so that on the fourth date, I said to him, well, I really enjoyed getting to know you, you know, thanks so much for asking me <laughs> out. He goes, what are you talking about? I said, well, most guys don't take me out past the fourth date because I don't put out, mm-hmm. you know? And he goes, he says, I, I don't care about that right now, you know, and I want you to know, I just celebrated 42 years of the best marriage just about that I've ever seen on the planet. God's Mm -hmm. truth. And that's why Marcy and Patrick's marriage seems so great. It doesn't seem it is because I've lived it. So that's everything that I'm talking in these books is something I've lived and I know for a fact is true.
0: And how does your husband feel about that? Can I ask with, if, if a lot of what your characters have experienced is your own, like, like either heart turmoil or even passion. I mean, even passion is vulnerable, right. Yes. For us to, for us to be vulnerable with each other. Mm-hmm. Um, in that sense, it's like, it's like looking into a little bit of your, your life. Yeah, it really is.
1: Mm-hmm. My husband, like I think it was on the third book, he comes downstairs and he goes, Julie, I just cannot believe our whole life is in this book. And then I had a friend over for dinner, and he was talking. She had read A Passion Most Pure, and she goes, "I really, lo- I really loved A Passion Most Pure." She says, "There was just one thing that didn't ring true." And he goes, "What?" And I, I still can envision them them sitting there in the kitchen, standing, talking. And um, she goes, "She goes, well, she goes, you know, Marcy. She goes, she's such a sweet gal. I just can't see her turning on Patrick like that, you know, in, in the bedroom scene." She says, "She says." I, you know, I just not sure that was believable. And he's sitting there drinking a coke, and he takes a sip of the coke, and he goes, "Believe it," <laughs> because it happened to us. Yeah, that's he. Not not with all the details sure. that I have in the book, yeah. but a similar situation. Not he didn't go to the bar. Let me just say that right now. <laughs> so, and then there was one other story that I want to tell you that's really cute. I yeah. was at a family reunion. And my sisters and brothers, I'm from a family of 13. And um, I was so tired. I, it was time to go home. So I went over to Keith. I said, babe, he was talking to my brother's in law. I said, Keith, I said, I'm really tired. I, can we get going? And he goes, and, and my brother-in-law goes, yeah, Keith, you better get going. You're chapter 16 tonight.
0: <laughs> she <laughs> needs more it material. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but so I. Yes does it, does it bother you ever? Like, does that make you feel like people don't take your work seriously? Because like, I know I have enough author friends and I I don't write fiction. I write Bible studies, but I know what goes in to a manuscript. I know what goes into editing. I know how long that process is. And Mm -hmm. I, I know I don't write love scenes, but I know from other authors that write Christian romance, like writing love scenes, even kissing that like make you feel something as the reader, like that takes hard work. And so when when people like, I mean, well-meaning people either sort of, you know, laugh that off or don't take romance seriously. I don't know. Is that discouraging to you ever? Uh, it used to be
1: a long time ago. Um, mm. That's why I didn't really do it for till I was, in yeah. my 50s, you uh-huh. know, but um, you know what? God just showed me, I mean, overnight he just said, you know what? I created you for this. Mm. I I always used to beg him to take 40% of my emotions away. I was such an, I'm such an emotional person. I was a little kid at eight. I got mad at my family, ran out in the snow, barefoot and knelt in the snow and prayed for God to send them all to hell. I mean, this is, I mean, I emotion. I I'm like drama queen city. Okay. And I, I, I would beg him my whole life. God, can't you please just take 40%, 40%, because not only do I feel all these things, but when I get the one-star reviews and I would get beat up, um, I, I and Satan would beat me up like crazy Absolutely. That contest. So yeah. oh, you, you know, your, your sales are not as good as, and there's so, I have a story with me and Julie Klausen that I could tell you, but I'm not going to go into it because I know you've got a set line of, of questions, <laughs> in your head. but, um, but seriously, it, I, I am what I am. I'm so emotional. And he showed me when in my fifties. I created you for this. Do you not, do not look down your nose at romance. I am the author of romance, the true author of romance. And he created passion in in romance through a a song of Solomon. He said, so don't, don't you do that. This is what I created for.
0: So these I ladies did. and I were just at six o'clock on Tuesday nights, we do a, a Bible study for a half an hour. And we were just in the book of Job, Job 42, five, where Job says, uh, I had heard of you, but now my eyes have seen you. And we yes. were just studying that verse. And what, when you're talking, it reminds me of what we were just talking about, because what you're describing is this, this moment with the Lord, where he reminds you of something. He, he reminds you of a truth about who you are and who he's created you to be yes. that then when we know that, like at that deep level, right, then we can, we can, our emotions can come from that that place or our decisions can come from that place instead of how our emotions when they insulate them. us. Exactly. Although my yeah. first,
1: my first one star review, I literally c- cried from oh, yeah. travel where I worked all the way over across the street to the parking. I just stopped. Yeah. but, but it insulates you because I do get attacked. You know what? I'm doing what he wants me to do.
0: Yeah. And I know it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and it's almost like, uh, because we are so inundated with sex selling and lust being a, like a marketing tool Or, you know, just so prevalent in our culture that we confuse passion, uh, you know, like uh, in in line with God's directive passion as lust. And from a Christian standpoint, it's almost Mm -hmm. like I think people too often think that any kind, like even pure passion, if you will is lust and is shameful when nothing could be further from the truth so yeah i appreciate that message so much so one of the questions that that i wanted to ask you is about faith and you've talked the character faith because you've talked about this a little bit yeah you talked about this a Mm -hmm. little bit already but she really holds on to her commitment to live a life in christ's example even though the temptations and i am wondering about you in your own younger life too but faith doesn't say no to a sexual relationship because she doesn't want a sexual relationship right she says no because this is the way that she understands will actually this is her choose life her no actually is about the deuteronomy 30 choose life mm-hmm. and um i'm just i would just wonder what have you learned about your own faith walk if you will through through like faith's decisions or yeah, yeah other characters even well i
1: i what i thought about when I wrote that it, Yeah. And when you asked that originally. Um I just basically learned what I said before that God's yeah. morality is there to protect and bless us. Okay. He's he that that's what he wants to do. Mm-hmm. And people don't get that. They think he's out to 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 push him around and you know, I, I just don't get that, you know? Yeah. Um mm-hmm. so that's that was yeah I pretty much answered that before. Yeah. yeah. You
0: know? So Lynn has put her question back in here and she wants to know if you have a favorite spiritual scene and a favorite kissing scene (laughs) yes
1: yes yeah would you share
0: share, would you share one one of them either one
1: yeah by the way on my website I have all I have a ton of my favorite spiritual and my favorite romantic scenes but you know juxtapositioned against each other for for almost all the books okay I'm gonna put put that link in as we're chatting yeah you guys, you guys haven't read it yet. Um, it's it's book three, it's A Passion Redeemed. And it's a Billy Graham character, uh, hero, um, who's so godly, uh, he's just amazing. Um, but he's got a dark secret. And it, it, towards the end of the book, something just breaks him because it, it gets out. And he just, he's just crushed and he just gets bombed out of his mind. And his good friend, Colin, um, comes in and, 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 you know, sobers them up, throws them in the tub, and, and they've got a good friend. I don't know. I can't remember. Father Mac is in Paschimus Pier, is he? Do I introduce Father Mac at all? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you'll, you'll see him. He's a great priest. Um, anyway, he, that scene is amazing to me because he doesn't even want to talk about, uh, 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 what's his name? Um, Brady, um, excuse me, Colin calls Father Mac and says, come over and 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 brady is just he's just doesn't want colin there but he'll talk to father mac and the scene between him and father mac just to this day it pierces my heart and it reminds me constantly that it doesn't matter how bad we are um because he talks about david Mm. and Mm. he talks about king david how despite the fact you know he, he was an adulterer and um committed murder He, he was a man after God's own heart. And you know why he was a man after God's own heart? Because he was passionate for God. Let me repeat that word, passionate Mm -hmm. for God.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And, and God said, this guy is my guy. He's like me. He's a man after my heart because I'm passionate for you. Yeah. Wow. Mm -hmm. And, And when I, when I went through that whole scene to this day, I tear up and it just pierces my heart. So that's my favorite spiritual one. Um, my favorite, oh, my favorite <laughs> is isn't A Hope and Darn It. Uh, I, of, of the Daughters of Boston series, book two, A Passion Reading is my favorite, okay? And of the second series, uh, Winds of Change, book one, Hope and Darn It, is my favorite and my favorite book I've ever written. And I think it's because over the books, you really get immersed into the O'Connors. You become part of them. You become part of this family. You watch them grow, especially charity. Yeah. And um, <laughs> it, it, Good. It, Maria is not a
0: big fan of charity right oh, now. Honey, so now
1: yeah. I, if you would, were to continue, I am going to bet money. Okay. Honey okay. That by the time you get to book five, she'll get there before that. She's funny, she's a hoot, she makes me laugh, and every scene she's in, even the sad ones. So, you just wait till God gets her. Right, hold, hold on, hold yeah, on, yeah, give her a shot. Do you like Mitch? I, I yes, yes. So, Colin was your favorite, yes. <laughs> But, but again you're you're the one that's not a super romance reader Are well, i you am know? a
0: romance reader oh, okay but i was well, still team calling so okay. I, and i'll well, just leave it at that okay well
1: mitch is is my favorite him okay. and luke who is in a hope oh, oh luke okay. oh, oh my gosh luke. Luke. Yeah. You should, oh my gosh you should read books after that because number four in there in the next book the honey <laughs> and him oh you're gonna love it okay yeah. But um, anyway, the scene with Luke and Katie um, is, you know, Luke is, uh, Luke and Katie, uh, I'm not going to say anything, that they know each other from the past and she hated his guts. And so she finds out she's got to work with him and um, she starts, she's got a boyfriend, but she starts to get attracted to him and she just hates it. She despises it. And so she's daydreaming one day thinking, what am I going to do? I can't quit the job. I don't want anything to do with him. And he sees her staring out the window. And he comes. and He goes, Katie. Are Are you okay? Well, he thinks that he offended her in some way. And the scene that transpires, he goes over and he he goes, Katie. And he he turns her and he lifts her chin. And he, he then he sees it. He sees the fear. He's never seen fear in her eyes before ever. But he sees fire. He sees fear, and he feels attraction. He senses it and it shocks him because he's been crazy about her his whole life mm. and she thinks he's dirt and so he's never you know and so he when he realizes she's attracted to him it's like he can't he can't help it He kisses her and and she and and she just she melts in his arms mm. and then he pushes her away and says katie we can't do this you know because he's he's a real firm christian she okay. goes we, we can't do this he goes i'm sorry and in and, and uh and she just stares at him, and and she's, she's just it's the the POV switches, and she thinks she doesn't know whether she to to kiss him again or just slap him silly. And she <laughs> the the slap she slaps him silly, and starts screaming at him and calling him a, re, a re, you know because he was a poor kid, he was an orphan, and so she calls him all kinds of names, and he gets angry. He goes, okay, you know, you want to do this? Let me let me show you, you know. And, and he and then he just he he it's, it probably wouldn't be approved of, uh, by today's, you know, uh, standards with a lot of women that, you know, you don't force anything on a woman, but he's Mm -hmm. ticked off at her. And I'm from the era of the old Clark Gable movies where, where the men were, were, you know, if they wanted to kiss you, they did. I know it's not necessarily right, but I'm sorry, I'm old. And that's what I grew up with. Okay. (laughs) And so, um, he, he kisses her, And, and then he just, he pushes her away and he goes, there you go, go hang, uh, go hang out with some riffraffers because she called them riffraff. Anyway, and he goes and slams the door that she's, she's like shaking and she's sitting there and he called her the sorriest person alive. And she called him the sorriest person alive. And she goes, she was the sorriest person alive because It just is
0: just absolutely my favorite scene. It is a good scene. I remember. Yeah, (laughs) there you go, Lynn. There's there's her favorite. I think that's so great. Yeah, it is. It is a really good book. So here's and I'm going to let Lisa Maria weigh in on this, too, because we talked about this actually before we got to talk to you because one of the things that like, I think can be a struggle. And I'm wondering how you work with this, Julie is like, so the men all have these like weaknesses, Mm -hmm. right. You know? Mm -hmm. And I think sometimes in a romance book, we don't want our men to have weaknesses, but these men, like, you know, you were saying about like Patrick goes to the bar and uh, Colin is like, I don't know, just a jumble of like bad decisions. And then, and then we've got this whole, like, two men that might kind of like both sisters which is just like I don't know that's not so great either so like what what do you think girls either one of you just like how did you did that give you any angst as you were reading the the men and their color well yeah the
1: whole the whole sister act going on (laughs) was (laughs) just and charity oh my goodness I did slap her and uh (laughs) I, I had, I had a reader write me and ask me to set charity for her. And another one wanted to see her killed or maimed. Oh,
0: that okay, not that bad. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I did think it's interesting that those men, though, they all wanted to be a part of that family. There was mm-hmm. something about that that they got drawn into. And they loved the family. You know, it wasn't just the right. girls. It was the family.
1: Mm-hmm. There was something well, it special was about the, that family. It was the spirituality. It was Absolutely. the closeness. It was the God-centered yeah family and relationships.
0: That's what it was. Yeah. And and to write about. Yeah. It is a beautiful thing to write about because I think that's what we long for in family, a family that like when you mess up, not, not if, because it's like a, when, like Mm -hmm. when you mess up, there's still community, there's still welcoming, there's still affirmation, there's still love. There may be consequences, relational things that have to be mended and healed. Right. But there is this understanding. And I think a lot of us don't have that. And so I think, you know, for those men, yeah, I do want to be a part of something where I know I'm accepted and I know that I'm welcome here and that I'm loved, you know? So, And
1: I'd like to also say um, a lot of that stuff, first of all, it was way back in, in the 1916 through 32 or whatever where it goes. And, you know, men were like, I had so many people complain to me, oh, they're such chauvinists hello we're talking back then when it was chauvinistic that's Mm -hmm. the way it was Mm -hmm. and and you know i'd like to also point something out do you i don't have the statistics i have a ton of statistics here but i don't have the one on pornography but if you think the, the, the the so many men even in the church today that is such a crisis okay and 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 you know you're i had so many people write in reviews oh the men are nothing but lustful yeah hello. I mean, look at what we have today. Mm -hmm. And, and to these men to, to take them from that to Christ and how Christ can change your life. And he does. I've Mm -hmm. seen it over and over again, men and women.
0: You know, I think about the scene where Colin and faith, where she's talking to him about God and her relationship with God. And he's like, he's got this interest in it because I, there's something in her, right? Mm -hmm. Like he's attracted to her he wants to be with her, but it's more than just physical. And he's realizing that, right? Like there's something in you Mm -hmm. that's bigger than you.
1: And I I don't
0: understand it, but I want it, you know, and I think, and we all have that power to be able to be that kind of witness with our decisions, with our choices, the way that we continue to show up, you know, faith's, uh, faith's commitment to herself to God, to her parents, to her sister, even when she was, you know, really struggling is something to, it, and it wasn't without, it wasn't without hurt. Like she really hurt, you know, um, and she continued to make the decisions she felt were the most honoring for the most people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um,
1: it's funny because my husband, um, I, I, I met him at work and he was this hot looking guy that all the women were talking about I was just not okay and he I'm just walking by and I said hello to everybody the janitors the wall I didn't care I was very friendly and he stopped I can't imagine <laughs> <laughs> he stopped one day and I remember in front of the secretary to the president's uh, her desk and he says hey where do you go at lunch and I go I'm going, what does he want to know? And I go, I I just bebop. I go to prayer meeting. I go see my sisters. I I just bebop, you know? And he goes, well, do you want to go to lunch? And I went to lunch with him. And he told me later, he said, after that lunch, I told my cousin, I just met the kind of girl I want to marry. Because he said, Julie, he said, he just got, he was engaged to some gal right before me. And he broke it off. He said, I knew more about you through one lunch than I knew about her in a year of being engaged. He said, you knew where you were going. You knew what you wanted. God was the center of your life. And that's all there was to it. And and that, that, that's true. That
0: really happens, you know? So I'm going to put Maria on the spot. Maria, is it okay if I do this? Uh Because Maria, and you can shut me down when you want to, but Maria's husband, they talk openly about this. When he proposed to her the first time, she said no maria tell yeah we were pretty well we were a couple months into our dating and he he actually he asked me he said could you marry a non-christian um and i no that's not really an option for my future plan but you know here we are kind of dating and he had kind of got the sense kind of you're just describing that you know uh, he'd seen something in me and that really made him pause and reflect and um, that eventually led him to making his decision to um to know christ and um then he asked again later and uh, and the answer was yes. So uh, yeah. And and again, you know, God honored that has blessed us with a beautiful marriage and in a platform to be able to, uh, to, you know, share him and what is but like? How, I always think about you, Maria, you know, in that story. And I think about faith and Colin. you know, and Julian, what the, what you're saying, you know, with your husband, even saying like after the fourth date, I guess, you know, if this is what you want, then, uh, you know, then I'm, I'm done with this because I think that's so brave. I think most of us, we will compromise when we are afraid we're going to lose something we don't yes. want to lose. Yeah. Yes. And, yeah. um, and so, and I, and I think that the, the these stories, the kind that you're writing, Julie, the one of your life, Maria, your, your witness in, in, in your story right here are examples of not necessarily, not necessarily, you won't necessarily lose something. And are you brave enough to say, if I do lose it, it's not what was best for me, right. even though it will hurt me, even though it will yeah. be something that I you know um but that god ultimately will bring into my life what is best for me it's just this huge like holding things loosely that i think a lot of us especially how old were you maria when that when that happened uh 1920 yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah i think most of us especially at that age i don't i think we we don't have maybe enough examples uh, or enough teaching maybe which is another reason why julie i think these kind of books are so important i think what you're doing is really important it has see. a depth that it's easy to overlook but uh but we see it <laughs> we I see so
1: it. So appreciate that
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. I, i'm gonna tell you julie too i'm going to encourage you to go lynn is asking probably more questions than we have time through but maybe i bet julie will go back in and put some com- answer some comments so, comments, so yeah. don't worry lynn i think we'll get to all of those things too but i want to talk just real quick about Ms. Mrs. Gerson, uh, as we talk about spiritual mentoring. And I know that because I think, I think sometimes a like more godly person can be thrown into a story, but doesn't quite fit. You know, sometimes I've experienced that where I'm like, okay, this is like the Jesus person or something, except for I didn't, I felt like Mrs. Gerson's, I, I felt like she did fit very well. So, you know, good job to you, like for like working her in, in a way that was like very believable but also there was just this steadiness that even like the O'Connor family, um, O'Connor, right? You'll correct yes. me if I'm right. Yeah, okay, okay. So all of a sudden I thought I, I, I questioned myself. They were like steady, but not steady, right? But Mrs. Gerson's like steadiness was like, it, it helped them steady. I don't know, what do you have? Did did you or do you have people like that in your life that Mrs. Gerson was based on?
1: I have, my Mrs. Gerson was um, I worked at Merit's Travel in St. Louis, and um, I was a wild child of the 70s. I, it, was pla- it was mini skirts and platform heels, long hair, lots of eye makeup. Um, and I was a four letter word gal. Every other word on my mouth was four letters. Okay. Um, anyway, she comes walking in. I had a pretty good job, and she had a lesser job than me. She was divorced, she had a baby to take care of, and I couldn't stand her guts. I, I couldn't stand her and I tell my boyfriend I was living with a guy at the time kind of, kind of on and off like three days a week you know um and you know I couldn't stand her and she one day she's she's humming we're alone in the bay it was a long bay with desk and stuff we're alone and um she's humming she comes in humming now mind you I had a boy who boyfriend who had a vet a boat. I was, I was taking an advanced course writing course at Washington U and acing it. And I wasn't even showing up for half the classes. I, I just say that to say I was successful in that, even though it wasn't much, you know, um, I had my own apartment. I, I was, you know, I'd been in the witchcraft, uh, transcendental meditation, uh, drugs. I mean, um, you name it, I was in it. Okay. I was a mess. And she was humming every day and I used to wake up every day. I don't, you guys are not old enough, but there was a song by Peggy Lee that went, is that all there is? Is that all there is? Is, you know, I mean, she's wondering, is that all this there is for like, well, I would wake up every day feeling like that, thinking, oh. what the heck? I have all this stuff going for me. Why is she happy? And I'm not, I remember being oh. really ticked off. So I met my typewriter and one day she were alone and I just look up, I go, just what in the blank? makes you so blank and happy all the time. She walks over to my typewriter, looks down and she says, I've been praying you would ask. And I went, Oh, blank. <laughs> of those? Because I was agnostic. I was raised in a Catholic family uh, that real devout Catholic family, but I was agnostic. I, I didn't care. And maybe he was around. Maybe he wasn't. I didn't care. I used to think they should burn Bibles in hotel rooms. I got so ticked off at the Gideons for putting Bibles. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was a hard case. Okay. And you know, I said, you're God. So I I went to lunch with her. And I remember in the cafeteria looking at your God, let me tell you what your God has done for me. My parents don't, you know, my parents abuse me. My my siblings make fun of me. I said, that's what your God's done for me. What am I supposed to do to believe in him? Because I don't. And she says, well, just, you know, God gave her all the grace in the world. She goes, just go home and ask him to come in your heart and prove himself to you. And I said, fine. I go home. I look at the ceiling. I said, she, she says, you're there. Okay, maybe you are, maybe you aren't. can't prove it by me. I said, but if you're there, make me know it. and so I started going to lunch with her. Oh, it was such a case. that woman, God gave her so much grace, and I can't tell you if it was a month or three, but one day it all just it just all clicked yeah. I, I I was so astounded, you know that God yeah. loved me. And, you know, he just softened my heart. He took that heart of stone and made a heart flesh. Mm -hmm. And I remember I used to read tarot cards. I was really good at them. I mean, I told my sister that she was pregnant. She wasn't, she didn't, nobody knew, you know, Uh, just so many things. I, I went to get an astrology book at the bookstore. And the minute I touched the spine, I was—I had become a new Christian. God just said no, and I—it was like it burned my fingers, and I knew. And one one thing by one thing, like I had my tarot cards on the seat of my car, and I didn't want to give them up. I didn't. I had fun at parties. I was the life of the party because I would do everybody's cards, and uh, my car wouldn't start. And I'm going, oh my gosh, I was going to be late for work, and I kept trying to start it, grinding, 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 and something in my head said, throw. There was a dumpster in front of me. Throw the throw the tarot cards away. I thought I can't throw those. And he said, throw the tarot cards away. And I kept trying to do the car. And so finally I did. I threw the tarot cards away. I got in the car and it started. And he did that with everything for me. He was amazing. And I became on fire for him. And I've been that way ever since. He's,
0: it's so crazy how he invites us to trust him. Like, you know, it's just, and that's what that is. Like one at a time, the other things that you put your hope in Julie, right. The other things that you put your trust in, I want you to trust me with these things, you know? And, um, yeah. And so, and, and yeah, and so you're able to do that in your stories, and he does that in our lives. Yeah, so much, so much. So I know that Deuteronomy 30, and I want to tell you, somebody else Gosh. said, hi, Tracy. Tracy says, I love all your books. Thank you for sharing your gift with us. Um, oh, thanks, but, Tracy. Um, thank you. I, I know Deuteronomy 30 was an important part of this book. And you have, you do such a beautiful job of weaving scripture in, and even like, there's so much scripture in here that it's not like quoted scripture, but I know, I mean, there's just like all kinds of verses and things in here. So it was really it good, does, but I just.
1: It does it. So he much all of a sudden brings it to me,
0: and I go, "Oh my yeah. god, yeah, that'll work, that'll work, that'll yeah, work." work. Yeah, um, yeah, but I'm wondering, is there just like with your writing in general, uh, a, a life, a, a verse, you know, for your life that's just really important to you? Is there something that you'd like to share with us of something that's that that you yeah. go back to time and time again, maybe?
1: Okay, um, of course, do it around me thirty. You know that, but the scripture that I love with all of my heart. And it's changed my life dramatically, and I really recommend it. And that is Psalm 139, 23 through 24, and it's search me, O God, test my heart, know my thoughts, point out anything in me that makes you sad, and lead me along the path of everlasting life, because what we do, and you're nodding, I can tell you guys are (laughs) nodding because you've probably done this too, Um, praying that prayer every day, is it it should come with a warning, Mm. because... When I was a new Christian, I started praying it, and oh my gosh, he was slapping me against the wall left and right. And I'm going, hold on. I actually stopped praying it for a while. Don't ask for what you don't
0: want. Yeah. He (laughs) was showing
1: me so much stuff, I couldn't handle it, you know? But I'm telling you, oh my gosh, the most important thing that I've learned in my whole life. Is that he has to be on the throne and nothing else can be. And when I first became, when I wrote *A Passion Must Pure*, um, it just shot out the gates. Ravel said they've never had a faster release, fiction release, in there up to that point. Um, they they said this is going to be this is going to be groundbreaking here, I, you know, because it was different than what anybody else had done. And um, what happened was it shot off like a rocket. And then um, I started getting the bad reviews and people saying that it was smut. Uh, you know, and stuff like that, and my numbers started dropping, and it never did really pick up from that point ever again, I mean, I did okay, but it wasn't like what I thought, and um, it was, it was my, what I, what he showed me was that I had my writing, and that success in the contest, and the book, book ratings, you know, I had that, he was on the throne, but it was right at the foot of the throne, it was it was a god it was a stronghold and i i i spent the last 13 years desperate to get rid of it i fasted for month for a month a little, you know some food uh, amazon i mean i did everything i prayed i have prayer partners we pray all the time god please 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 take that away from me take like st paul did take that thorn away exactly <laughs> i didn't want it i wanted a lobotomy with that part taken out so i could enjoy mm. writing for god and do what he wanted me to do but this other stuff creeps in And it's been, I'm ashamed to say it's been 13 years um, and just this year, I can feel that he's, he's totally, I mean, I've put it on the altar like Abraham Mm -hmm. and he's the one I want to please now. He's the one that I want to write for. And I don't, I he's one I want to run to. Like, you know, uh sometimes if I get kind of antsy, I think, well, you need people approval. So I go and I look at my ratings or I read a review that's really It's good. another
0: version of the tarot cards. We all do it in different ways, Absolutely. right? I'll put my trust in these numbers and, uh, and over and over, you know, he's calls us to say no. Yes. I it's such a I appreciate your vulnerability around this so much because in different ways we all do exactly what you're talking we about. All go do ahead. It. Thank you. Yes, yes. And the thing
1: is, what I'm learning in the last year, and I'm old, I've been doing it since I'm 23, but it's just been, I mean, I must be a slow study. I don't know. But um, I think a lot of what's going on right now is the Holy Spirit is going to do a major work in America and around the world. And he's already doing it in the remnant. There's Mm -hmm. the Ecclesia, there's a remnant of us that love him with everything in us. And we don't want those strongholds. And we're begging him, please. And it's, it's, it's happening. I see it. I see it with me. And um, and, and I, I've just given up. On, I, I'm doing it step by step. I'm not allowing myself to go on Amazon on Monday through Friday. I will on weekends because I run a lot of promotions and I just want to see how they do and stuff like that. But that, that's the beginning of me giving that up and turning yeah. over. And, you know, I, I'll be honest with you. I absolutely love a glass of wine at five o'clock. And I find myself, you know, I that's I found I found myself running to that and running to Amazon for my comfort, for my joy, for my satisfaction. And it was a, just a stench in God's nostril, nostrils. And, you know, he said, Julie, you know, he, and I. I've been praying. That's why search me, O oh Lord, test my heart. And he's been showing me that I have to, and I am. And it's amazing.
0: So um, he helps yeah. us. I love that. And I think that verse is so good on both sides because it, it does, it helps us recognize when he's revealing a stronghold or yeah. an idol, something like that, something else we're putting our trust in. But also I think it helps us stand firm in what you were talking about earlier in that, like he's called you to write passion with a purpose. And so sometimes I think when we continue to pray that he can remind us, no, it doesn't matter what other people say. I'm the one that tests your heart. Yes. I'm the one that will reveal to you and we're okay. Like I have yes. those things with him too. There are things that that I believe, or that I participate in, or that, that I speak on that, like everyone doesn't like it, you know, everyone doesn't Nobody agree, don't. but he's like, no, 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 we're okay. Right. Yeah. This is, this is between you and this is an issue between man alone. Like this is not an issue between you and, and me. And when we're, when we continue yeah. to pray something like you're saying, I think he wants to affirm also in us that we're on yeah. that. He shows us where we're on the wrong path, but he also affirms where we're on the right path. Mm -hmm. he he so
1: does Angie he so does yeah Um, Yeah. I wanted to just point out something to you I was so desperate that um about four years ago I went on the fast for a month um where I didn't go on Amazon I didn't do email I I I get I didn't eat like breakfast and lunch and I gave up wine Mm. you know I mean I I was desperate please you got to show me you got to help me And on the 20, because I, what I wanted to know was I was to the point where I wanted to leave the Christian market Mm -hmm. because I was getting beat up left and right. Mm -hmm. And here I was trying to do something that I thought God Mm -hmm. wanted me to do, but I was getting beat up. And I just said, God, maybe I need to go on the secular market. You know, maybe, and so that's why I was fasting to pray, to ask him if, if that's what I needed to do. And one day on the, like the 23rd of that month, I'm, I'm reading my Bible. And I had a Bible that had two two columns. One was NIV, one was passion. I never read the passion. Never. I never did. It just, I was used to the NIV. But one day I opened the Bible up and my eye went straight to the top of the passion thing because I saw the word passionately. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And here's what it said. Wait passionately for God. Don't leave the path. He'll give you your place in the sun. Mm. And I knew right then and there, that was my answer. I was not to leave no matter how beat up I got. I needed to stay the course because there was going to come a day when he was going to use this because purity is important.
0: We are so glad that you do. We're Mm -hmm. so we're so grateful for you and for this time with you. Um we loved your book. I know Lisa and Maria are looking forward to and me too are reading the next ones and then I I've, I've already told them I'm like you don't need to stop cuz 4, 5 and 6 are just, <laughs> are just so good four, five, too. And yes. Yes, are, and so, are, so they're, good. So they're good too.
1: Incredible. I think yeah, they're, yeah, they're really red.
0: really good. They're really really good. So and I will link that blog post cuz you sent me the link to it and I will link that in the comments also oh, tonight okay. yes um so yeah, anybody that's watching now or on the replay can read that that thing and it's a uh, the blog post in its entirety and um then that will be fabulous before i let you go i have one more question for you because okay. i always like to end on this and that is would you just give us a peek behind uh what's going on in your life right now and that is are you is there anything that you're studying or reading listening to watching that's uh yeah. filling your heart with joy right now would you share it with us i love to share okay. resources well
1: the number one thing that gives me joy and direction is um Jesus calling. And oh good. Yes. Always. yes. Yes. I literally, that's my devotional every single day I read it, then I take those scriptures and I read the whole chapter. That's how I get my Bible reading in. Yeah. Um, so that that's set aside. But the other thing that I'm just kind of a freak lately, I have hearing aids and so I constantly have things in my ears, podcasts and things like that. Um, uh, have you ever heard of Flashpoint? Okay, Flashpoint is a Christian news show uh, on the Victory Channel.
0: Julie, I cannot tell you, you are such a gift and we're so grateful for this time with you. And I know the, those watching and listening have been grateful to have this time with you as well. And Lisa and Maria, thanks for always reading with me. And so we will, we will let you go, friends, for now. And until next time, peace. Thank you so much. I really enjoyed it. A big thank you to Julie Lessman and my lifelong friends, Lisa and Maria, for joining me in this conversation. Julie's message about saying no to self, to say yes to God, is one that applies to so many areas of our lives. And I love the way she reminds us of that as she unfolds a beautiful love story. Psalm 139, 23 again, this time in the message. Investigate my life, O God. Find out everything about me. Cross-examine and test me. Get a clear picture of what I'm about. See for yourself whether I've done anything wrong. Then guide me on the road to eternal life. If you'd like to support the ministry of Steady On, there are three things you can do, and they're all free. First, you can subscribe to the podcast. That helps a ton. Second, you can rate and review this podcast because that helps other people find us. And lastly, you can subscribe to my weekly newsletter by visiting the website, livesteadyon.com and clicking the orange newsletter button at the top. The link for that is also in today's show notes. I always welcome comments and feedback, so please feel free to reach out to me anytime. You can email me at steadyonpodcast@gmail.com. at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening. I pray wherever your day takes you, you are walking in the confident knowledge that you are a beloved, cherished child of God. Peace.